Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. We've been talking about servant leadership. It's a different type of leadership based on service, not just authoritarian leadership, but one that is based and rooted in caring about the other person, serving the organization, and lifting the entire mission into a higher place by serving others in a unique way. And we're now on the sixth quality of a servant leader. And it's one that's so very important and one of the differentiators of servant leadership as compared to leadership models of the past. And that is this, a servant leader sells instead of tells. What do I mean by that? Well, a servant leader is one that is different. In decades past, the leading style of management was authoritarian. You received assignments. You carried them out. Bosses dished out orders. You would receive memos, right? The boss didn't try to convince or persuade or explain actions. You were just told what to do, when to do it, and probably how to do it. You were expected to not question authority. Well, that type of management has slowly been disappearing for many years, and persuasive leaders are more effective today. And some would argue they're effect- more effective at all times. And that change works really well for a servant leader, one who doesn't dictate. A servant leader is the opposite of a dictator. It's a style about persuading, not commanding. Style about persuading, not commanding. I repeat that because it's so very important. When we polled recent college graduates, we found they almost always prefer and demand that type of environment. They want to be involved. They want to participate. They want to be at the table. They want to create how. They just want to be told, this is the what we're trying to accomplish, and they want to use their creativity to figure out how to get there. If you tell them what to do, they will not stay long. They certainly will not give their best effort. Servant leaders understand that the why is more important than the what and the how, and it's a critically important part of leadership. So servant leaders are always thinking about serving the organization and not just telling. It's about persuasion. The secret is to always let the other man have your way, Claiborne Pell says. Blaise Pascal says, people are usually more convinced by reasons they discovered themselves than by those found out by others. Dean Russ says, one of the best ways to persuade others is with your ears, by listening to them. These are all quotes about persuasion. These are all quotes about how you persuade others. Persuasion is the name of the game. So leaders who are servant leaders know how to sell, not tell. And that makes persuasion so very important. It's not about presenting, it's about persuading. I think the skill of sales is something that's important to all leadership. You can't just be a leader today if you don't understand that. I always encourage everybody, no matter what your discipline, read some books on sales, take a sales class. It will be a critical component every discipline and will make you more impactful in your life. Not sales as in selling something people don't want and forcing some idea or some product on people they don't want, but selling in the way of persuading and understand them and and reaching out and understanding people's needs and being a more persuasive leader. So servant leadership, it's all about persuasion. It's all about helping people uh, see a different view of 
reality or a different view of where you could go, different potentiality, I should say. So let's talk about servant leadership, selling, not telling, this evolution of management philosophies and change from authoritarian leadership and top-down. People used to think, you know, kind of military-style leadership to one where you're selling. I know for me, as a CEO of an organization, many people will think you can just dictate things and just get this done and get that done and it's all you. It just doesn't work that way. And I think the longer you're in a position of leadership, you realize, no, it's actually not that way. Many times it's you helping to empower and sell other people. So to talk about that, we have a full star studded cast. It is amazing. It is unprecedented. And you haven't heard from them until or until you saw or heard the last podcast at least a week ago. Or maybe not. Maybe you're listening to it sequentially and you're like, wow, these people are so good. They've been held over. So this is a great podcast. Tammy Spade, she's laughing at me. <laughs> Tammy Spade over here. You're trying not to laugh in the I microphone. I am trying not to laugh. That's right. And Tammy's an executive in a variety of areas. And she's someone who sells instead of tells on a regular basis. Now, I will say there are times you have to tell, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Drew Bordis, who's an operational expert, and uh, that brings its own issues in terms of when you have to tell and sell. So we'll talk about that as well. And Jennifer Collins, who is telling me, no, <laughs> <laughs> who, who also is a master at uh, this selling. I think back to one of the first podcasts you were on when you were saying, when you talk to me, you think of me as a storyteller. What were you doing as you were typing me, thinking about how to influence me, how to persuade me, how to present, which was all about selling instead of just telling. You could have used spreadsheets and facts, but you're thinking, I'm going to sell, not tell. So this is a wonderful group of people to talk about the sixth quality of a servant leader. A servant leader sells instead of tells. How does that impact you as I say that? I think in the operational area, which which you know you, you mentioned is, is where I'm going to be coming from, it's I look at it as a lot of um, joint problem solving almost. Like it's it's not... The era of the boss knows everything and is flawless it was never true to begin with, and, and I think we've just all realized now it's not true. So the boss is human, doesn't have all the answers, and if you're solving problems that are worth solving, that are that are difficult, that are going to move the company forward, you know you need to to expose as the boss. Here's here's what I think we should do. Here's the area I think we should be looking at. I think this could get better. Here's why I think so team what do you think is this worth solving is this and getting that kind of buy-in that that persuading them that this is this is a problem worth solving this is an issue worth tackling instead of go fix that process it's broken everybody's stupid you know I, you know that, that that might be true but you don't you don't want to say it that way not not as motivating it's as not as motivating have. yeah, yeah I, when you're saying that if the boss doesn't know anything and the illusion. Doesn't know everything. Doesn't, yeah. yeah. Doesn't the illusion? Yeah. It doesn't know anything. Yeah. Doesn't know. <laughs> I was thinking. There's a Harvard Business Review study that came out that said the average CEO knows eight percent of what's going on. You, you can't. You know, the, the scale. Yeah. Uh, you just. It, yeah. You can't. And and the person asked me, "How do you feel about that?" And I said, "I think that number's high." <laughs> yeah. I think that number's high. Because the more complex your organization, you, you can't – and you have to rely on experts and specialists who know more than you. And that's why you have to have an attitude of listening and 
trying to bring that out. And so sometimes you can't tell because you don't know. Right. But as an organization, collectively, you're, you know where you need to be. You know where you want to go. And that can cascade down to any, any de- department, mm-hmm. division. And so even within your own space, as long as you can, you know, with your team say, well, where do we want to go? Let's, let's start with that and let's back up and let's understand what we need to get there, who needs to be involved to get there, and, and then, you know, go from there. I think it's painting the vision as, as you're talking, Jennifer, and Skip, you were talking about the why. Really painting the vision of where are you trying to go? Because you can't know everything. Even if you're not in the CEO seat, you can't know everything. No one person, no matter how talented, no matter how smart, can do everything that's needed in the organization. And that's why communication of vision and communication of strategy are so important. And people have to see how they fit in that, not down to the very you know bottom detail, but where is my part in this particular play? And when you do that, I think you get creativity versus compliance. If you tell, you might get compliance, but you're just going to get compliance around that one item or that one task. If you can paint the vision, you get creativity, and you get different approaches, and you get more diverse perspectives, and you get typically a better result. Which makes me immediately think of Mother Teresa. Obvi. (laughs) (laughs) You're like... What? I think about this quote Mother Teresa said, you can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. Together, we can do great things. Mm, Perfect. And Mm -hmm. we just can't know it all. We can't do it all. And it's that beauty of painting that vision and leading and selling that help people get there. I just came from a incredibly positive sales meeting where – Sales was happening to product saying, I want to sell you on doing this. This is where we need to go. And they were developing cases on why we need to go there. What were they doing? They weren't telling you product, develop this, this, and this. They were selling the product leaders. Here's what we need. Here's what our customers are asking. Here's what would help them. And we would like to move this up in the queue because we think this is very, very important. That's selling instead of telling. And the way they did it, both with facts and figures and emotions and customer stories, made an impact in a much stronger way than they would be if they just sent it up the chain to the top of the organization who told somebody else and then had it come back down. It was this collaborative effort to say, no, here's really what we need to. So my point is, selling not telling is not uh, as all of these not just top down it's it's bottom up it's top down it's sideways it's everything that selling and really helping people understand that is a critical skill and sales is a critical skill for everyone so even people who resist it and say the last thing i'd want to do is be in sales they don't realize that everything is sales you're selling an idea you're selling yourself you're selling you're selling something. So you just got to figure out what it is. Put a price tag on it and maybe charge yeah. for it. I mean, you want to hire somebody. You want to get your project approved. You want your budgeting. I mean, there's there's so many scenarios where 
I, you know, I, I think you, you all have, have ad nauseum picked on mine and Jennifer's love of spreadsheets, but that really is a tool of persuasion. <laughs> it sounds like there's um, a little hurt behind it. No, that. no, no. I'm telling you how you're wrong. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm persuading you right now. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but that's, you know, I, with my team, I, I've, I've told them, if you, you want to you hire somebody, you want to add headcount, you, you need to persuade me with some facts and some data, mm-hmm. not just tell me I need a person. That doesn't, that doesn't work. Right. So it, it does work both ways in the mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. Well, and you're talking about quantifiable um, and qualitative information, mm-hmm. which is usually part of the equation when you're trying to sell. I mean, companies know this, right? They when, when they're doing marketing, they're, they're using both sides of that equation. I think about coaching as a great example. Sports is a great example. You may know some of you that we have had some basketball players in our family, even at the collegiate level. And there are two types of coaches that I've observed over I would – hesitate to say the thousands of games I have watched and many, many coaches. Some try to call out every play from the sideline. They're whipping themselves into a frenzy. They're trying to tell five players on the court what to do next. They don't know what that other team's going to do, but they're yelling out plays. Others create a framework and say, okay, let's let's let you call the plays when mm-hmm. you're out there. Let's let you do what seems like the right thing to do. But here's your boundaries also. Here are your boundaries. The, yeah. You know, here are our plays. We call timeout. Right. If we need to talk about it, it's not working. Guess which one got oh, yeah. to that national championship yep. level. Yeah, the right. second day. That's good, mm-hmm. which makes me think of a John Wooden quote. Oh, gosh, this <laughs> Again, is perfect. Obviously. We're really in sync. <laughs> Don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. And I think this is such an important part of moving forward and having people in the organization selling, not telling. This is what he was known for, which was the little steps, taking little steps and encouraging them in little little ways, shoelaces, right? He was focused. Do you ever know about this? Mm-hmm. He was focused. I mean, razor focused, laser focused. Can you be razor, laser focused? It works. Laser, yeah. laser, razor. On on tying your shoe correctly, and he would make them do it over and over and over again. These little things, these little things, because he was teaching them and building them uh, into you know whether it was their character or their skills. But he thought, okay, there the are these little things, and by doing that, it was selling them on this idea that the little things are what makes excellence. He didn't tell them. This is this, this is this, this is this. This is how to tie your shoe. It wasn't about tying the shoe. He was selling them on his techniques. And so these leaders have these very skillful ways. So what we should do, I think, at work is everyone should practice tying their shoe. The national championship rings help sell that to the players. Yeah, Yeah, it does. I think that works. This guy's crazy, but I'm willing to go along with it. (laughs) I think there's a whole generation of kids who don't know how to tie their shoes. Oh, yeah. Velcro. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. live in my house. Yeah, Yeah. Velcro. It's true. Yeah. Or just slip on. Yeah. I like so, slip on shoes. So maybe shoes. we should do a shoe tying sort It's the of little workshop. things. But he, he was focused on this uh, selling, not telling. And well, one of us has laces right now. What is this about? <laughs> so, so let's think about where you have to tell, where it doesn't work to sell. So I've been in some organizations where I've led pretty significant turnarounds. And in a crisis situation, you cannot sell. Right, if you, you don't have time, you do not yeah. have time. Uh, if your business is about to go under and you have to save it, you have to issue edicts and instructions. And I've been in that situation. Here's what I think is important, though. Even when I was telling, I made sure to explain why. 
And that was the selling. We need to do this, this, and this. Some of these decisions are going to be the wrong ones. Some of them, you're just going to have to say he made a bad decision. But the decision is made. I don't have any time. We have to move on. And this is why. And you explain the situation. And then that's the selling part. But you're really telling. So I find in crisis situations, you have to set aside the selling. And it has to move way more to the telling. Way more to the telling. So you're no longer selling, right? So if you were teaching tying shoelaces, that won't work. If the building's on fire, you have to say, run. <laughs> and I think right. if the team is spinning, even if it's not a crisis, but you've, you've, it's an important issue that you need to move on, and now's the time, and everybody's been given ample time to debate, have data, look at different opinions. There, there's a certain point where, okay, uh, I'm the tiebreaker. This is what we're going to do. And, and again, you, and you can do the why. You know, we have been working on this issue for too long. We need to make a decision. Go. Uh, you know, that that's also in the same vein. Right. And so I think that's so important. When we talk about servant leadership and selling, not telling, it doesn't mean using that as a way to not be decisive. It doesn't mean let's use the, uh, oh, I have to sell. I need to have six months of a marketing campaign to explain our, our new benefit plan, right? It, it, it may be, no, this is what it is. This is the decision. And we're telling you what it is. And then we may give context, et cetera, et cetera. But there are many times where, whether it's a crisis or something where you're not selling. And I have seen some people use this in the way that punts the issue down the road and says, oh, we're not going to worry about this. We're going to just go ahead and keep selling you and keep selling you and keep selling you, looking for perfect consensus, perfect agreement. And that's not leadership, right? So servant leadership is this combination of service and leadership. And we got to keep that in mind all the time. It doesn't mean we abandon leaders. So many people think, oh, servant leadership means I abandon the leadership part. I'm all about service. I'm all about helping people with what they need. You can't abandon the leadership part, the decisiveness. And so selling, not telling is not to the extreme of we're going to delay all decision-making forever to sell everybody on every last thing and make sure everybody has a word in on every last thing. And we're going to debate this for three years, right? Because then you have different problems. And we've all seen that too, haven't you? I have. And, you know, you you hit earlier when we talked about benefits. And I'm thinking, boy, whoever came up with that phrase was really smart because it's really insurance, but we call it benefits, and you're talking about explaining the benefits of something. Um, even in a crisis, you can come back later and say, let me tell you more about why we had to make that decision the way that we did and in the timeline that we did. You can answer those questions later sometimes in a crisis when you can't do it at the time because you have to move quickly. Um, and it shows respect for people, but there are a number of times. The other thing I think you have to do is realize, Drew was talking about situations where people might spin. It's okay to be the leader and the servant leader in that case and say, we're not all going to agree, but my responsibility in this problem or in this you know, situation is to make this decision. Jennifer yesterday I know was working with a couple of colleagues. She was in the position to make the decision they weren't in agreement with the decision. She said, well, this is why I'm making this decision. 
and this is how it's going to be. Yeah, you've been heard. You've mm-hmm. been heard, yeah. and and here are the benefits, and here's why, and we all just need to move on. And she did it in a much nicer way than I just did it there in yeah, you know, you five seconds. But <laughs> Well, it's funny that we're talking about benefits because that, that is in my area, and, and so much about benefits is telling because there's so much government, there's so much compliance around benefit programs, what you can do, what you can say, who can do this, who can do that. And so really it, it's something that, I find I have to tell, but I can't tell, so how can I sell? There's so much creativity that's required when you are persuading people to enroll in your, in mm-hmm. your plan, persuading them to be more healthy. Hey, you know, go go walk. We'll give you these incentives. I mean, just everything around that, it, there's so much persuasion involved. It's so true. And I'm a lawyer, right? So uh, there are many times where I'm like telling, no, that cannot be. Mm-hmm. And it's not about debate because this is a bright line rule, and that's a telling. Or you will go to jail. Exactly. <laughs> Extreme example. Right. So so that's very important. But you can sell people too, and you do an effective job of that. You, you don't want to just tell people and leave it at that and, and be rude about it. You can say, here's the way it works, and here's how we're going to operate on that, et cetera, et cetera. Now I need your creativity to help me in, and then, but but I do think people just want to know the background, you know, mm-hmm. educate them a little bit. I've had some people say no. And you're just looking at them and they don't tell you, well, there's a new regulation out about that. And, you, mm. you know, I don't know about that. They, they just leave it at that. Well, that's just rude, right? So if someone says, no, unfortunately, we can't do that because there's a new regulation out that and the state has moved in this direction. And so because of that, we're doing this. And I hope you help me with what – then you're with them, right? So I think that's – Exactly. Here's what we can't do. We know, we know what we can't do. So here's what we're going to do that we can do to help you around that. And, and, and it works in different ways, right? So if you have kids, sometimes you can tell them, go clean your room. Or other people can get creative and sell them on cleaning their rooms, right? There's a variety of different ways that parenting mm-hmm. uh, works. And I need I've to seen take that. that class. It depends on the Are you offering that class? I need to take that class. I wouldn't even know where the room was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, some, I think we could probably do a whole nother podcast on change management, but there's a big change management aspect of everything we're talking about, just in terms of, of thinking of us and, and you're the, um, the corporate office of a global company that has sites all over the world. And you want to put a new system in, let's say, that's going to be global. Let's you just say either, that. Let's just say. For example. You can either tell them, hey, guess what we're doing? And you're going to do it and you're going to like it. Or you can spend some time on the persuading and the reasoning and the why and the and getting in, input and getting input and getting understanding and 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 really it's that persuading part so that the project goes better. It's not so so that you're trying to land in a different place. It's so that you're more successful when you get there. And that's that's another part of this that is that is just super important. Right, because then they're a part of it. Right, and they, they have ownership of it. Yes, and they have pride about it. Selling has its limits. Alfred Nobel has a great quote, a heart can no more be forced to love than a stomach can be forced to digest food by persuasion. You can't persuade. You have to listen to that a few times. I do, yeah. I want to see that one on Twitter. I want to retweet that one. I had to read that a few times because I thought, this is interesting. A heart can no more be forced to love than a stomach can be forced to digest food by persuasion. So you can't be forced to love, certainly, and you can't force your food through the system by persuasion. I don't know, but it means there's a limit to persuasion. There's a limit to selling. And there's sometimes you just have to tell it. And sometimes you just have to move on, which is what I'm doing now. I'm telling you, 
this conversation is ending. (laughs) (laughs) A servant leader sells, not tells. It's the sixth quality of a servant leader, a leader who is dedicated to people in a different way, serving them, leading with others in mind, saying, this is a way I want to lead that's different so that we're all on board in a completely different way so that we can become servant leaders together. We value diverse opinions. We cultivate a culture of trust. We develop other leaders. We help people with life issues. We encourage them, and we sell instead of tell. There are three more qualities we'll cover in future podcasts. But for now, remember, it's always better to sell than to tell. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher.